Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director, and this is The Daily DC. Thanks so much for listening. Today on the podcast, impeachment politics. Well, that's pretty much going to be the storyline that consumes all the oxygen in this town for quite some time. So that 2020 Democratic presidential battle is going to move to the side stage and Washington, D.C. and American politics uh, will be completely consumed with the politics of impeachment from here on out. And there are some things that are extraordinarily familiar to anyone who has watched big, huge political battles before, like previous impeachment with Clinton in 98 or the big Supreme Court confirmation battles. A cottage industry forms on both sides, the left and the right. And, you know, communications war rooms are formed, budgets for television advertising. You'll have a grassroots component and you'll have those who are going to support the president in this process and those that are determined to try and remove him from office, though that will sort of be, in many ways, a, a sort of preordained piece of theater all to itself. But it's really interesting also to see some of the things that may not go specifically according to script. And, of course, those are the things where you see perhaps the politics shifting a bit. What is unknown... At the end of this just unbelievably head-spinning, rapid-development kind of a week is that the politics of impeachment are unclear. We don't know yet if the American people are going to be on board with this. We don't know yet if the Democrats have sort of stepped off a, a cliff here that they have a landing for or not. That is... The reality. And we do not know if the president is going to be able to use the identical playbook that he used in the Mueller probe and beat back any lasting political repercussions the way he did there. Now, that's not to say that that, you know, two years of a Russia probe didn't have a weight on him and keep his numbers low, it, it very well likely had some sort of overall impact on his standing with the American people. But there was no, you know, no indictment, obviously, of a sitting president. All of that was litigated in the Russia probe. Uh, Mueller did not change the calculus of where things ended up when he testified. His report seemed to give credence to the notion that the president obstructed justice and then the political class kind of just moved on from there. Will Donald Trump and his sidekick Rudy Giuliani and others uh, be able to uh, use that same playbook and, you know, discredit the whistleblower here as they're attempting to do and make it all about, quote unquote, fake news in the press and playing all those same notes? Is that going to work here with the fact pattern that already exists with the president's own words and all all of those things. And that will largely depend, of course, on uh, how much the American people believe there is uh, real justification in proceeding with impeachment of Donald Trump. I mean, that'll be the determining factor here in many ways. And, you know, you don't have many sort of cracks in that Republican wall of support for Donald Trump. But you did see yesterday in Congress, Congressman Turner say, Mr. President, what you said in this phone call is not okay. Now, I'm not suggesting that that means he's breaking with his party and he's somehow with the Democrats on uh, pursuing impeachment. But 
you don't even hear much of that. You saw what Ben Sass had to say and, and called what he read about this very troubling and that Republicans ought not just to be in a denial, circle the wagons phase, uh, even though he criticized the Democrats for rushing to impeachment. Mitt Romney, also deeply troubled by what he said. So there are moments in this week where it wasn't fully lockstep of the Republicans behind Trump. I just named uh, three examples. There are a ton more of that. And what you do have a lot more of uh, are Republicans sort of saying, oh, I haven't read it yet, or I'll have to take a look at that, or we'll dig into that, or nothing to see here. But it is also because I think Donald Trump hasn't completely uh, settled yet, if you just read his Twitter feed, on on how he's going to move forward to beat this back. He's reacting in real time to something he didn't really anticipate happening this week. And so he's not on his sure footing yet either to sort of give the marching orders other than to tweet, Republicans stick together. He wants to make sure that those little tiny cracks I'm referring to don't break into something uh, larger. And by that... I don't mean that there's a real danger of 20 Republicans in the Senate joining Democrats and actually removing Donald Trump from office. I think that is still a a far-fetched, totally unlikely scenario here. But I think that any Republican, either on the House side, you know, some of the few Republicans left in tough districts for them that weren't wiped out in the 2018 Democratic wave, but perhaps more significantly in the Senate, You know, Cory Gardner and Susan Collins and Martha McSally and Tom Tillis and Joni Ernst. These are Republicans up for reelection next year in states that are going to be heavily, heavily contested. Some of them are purplish, some of them a touch more red. But these are the states that are going to see gazillions of dollars of advertising spent, fully contested contests, not just for the Senate, but also on the presidential level. So watch how they are all the Republicans in those seats are responding as they go back home. This is going to be a fascinating next couple of weeks as as Congress is in recess, not the House Intelligence Committee, of course, they have work to do that Adam Schiff has made clear they're going to do. And we may even see some of the first subpoenas, some of the first hearings in this process uh, next week. But as Congress goes home, this is going to be a huge information gathering moment of how they are hearing from their constituents um, to quadruple down their support for the president, or if there's some blowback for some Democrats for pursuing impeachment, this is going to be a very informative time for these members. You watch how they come back into session in a couple of weeks with much more confidence of where their constituents are politically and where they position themselves. Now, that's what I'm saying about a lot of the unknowns. Unknown how the constituents of those town halls are going to respond. Unknown really where the American people are. There's a NPR Marist PBS poll that came out showed the country basically split between favoring impeachment inquiry or not, and that that had moved a little bit in the direction of pro-impeachment inquiry. But it was a one-night poll. I think we've got to wait. This has to settle in a little bit. Let's see some of the polls next week before we assess really where the American people are on this. The sense in uh, in the polling is that perhaps the pro-impeachment side is getting a little bit of momentum out of this week's news. But again, let's see where that settles down. So how the constituents at home react, what the polling is going to say, how Donald Trump finds his footing in, in fighting back. These are a little bit of the unknowns at the moment. I would know one thing, though, that is different this time around, which is that instead of the normal sort of 
blockade of information that the administration had sort of put in place up to Capitol Hill since the Democrats have taken over. There was an abrupt about face here. This was like, no Congress, you're not getting the whistleblower complaint. We're trying to bury that. No Congress, you're not getting the phone call with the Ukrainian President Zelensky. And that flipped. Now, we know there was the unanimous vote, 100 senators, all Republicans and Democrats in the Senate, that said uh, the administration had to hand over the complaint. But before that vote was taken, it will be fascinating to learn how the president was informed that he was going to have to change his posture and why the president bought into a strategy of putting stuff out quickly when that had not been this white. I mean, it's sort of crisis management 101, get it all out, right? But that had not been what the Trump White House had been practicing in a crisis communications. And they believe from their perspective that they had a successful beatback of Mueller. And so... It's interesting to watch them change their approach here and how much of that was because of pressure from Republicans on the Hill. I think there's more to learn there about why on a dime the administration changed its posture, put things out that were clearly so damning to the president. Then there are some things that we just know everybody will sort of play their part, right? I mean, Tom Cotton, Republican senator from Arkansas, up for re-election, put out a note to supporters today, subject line, petition to investigate Joe and Hunter Biden. Sign this petition. We need to expose the truth about Joe and Hunter Biden's corruption. I mean, completely buying into the story that Donald Trump is trying to tell without evidence that he's trying to employ a foreign government and threaten military aid to that foreign government, holding that up in the air, sort of saying, not going to release this money until I know you're pursuing this Joe Biden story. You just somebody like Tom Cotton sitting in the United States Senate. This may not wear well in the future for him. This is a bet. This is a gamble that the Republican Party stays as it is today, the Trump Party, for some time in the future. We'll see if that's the right gamble for him down the road. John Cornyn, just dismissing the whistleblower as, you know, you heard the president say this too, not getting this stuff directly. He's like a second or third hand source. Tim Scott of South Carolina. It's all hearsay. It's all hearsay. Except that the hearsay matches up with the actual transcript put out by the White House of the phone call. Corroborated. The, the whistleblower's complaint was corroborated by the actual transcript put out by the White House. So to just dismiss it as hearsay, it just seems to fly in the face of the facts. And this is the problem that the president finds himself in. His own words... And the words in black and white of a complaint that needs to be investigated, you can't, that whistleblower complaint is not fact. That is a complaint and it's allegations. But what is fact is a rough transcript put out by the White House of a call between President Trump and Zelensky that is terrible on its face and corroborates what's in the complaint, giving it some credibility. But again, everything in the complaint needs to be investigated and explored by the House Intelligence Committee, but you have that hearsay and secondhand source or don't look at this, go and investigate Joe and Hunter Biden. That's pretty predictable Republican response. And on the Democratic side, I think you also have pretty predictable stuff. You have the, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's of the world uh, ready to move to articles of impeachment right now before there's even a thorough investigation 
of what is out there. And I think uh, that's of concern uh, to many Democrats, some middle-of-the-road Democrats, the ones that delivered the majority to Nancy Pelosi, expressing concern to the Speaker last night on Capitol Hill that perhaps this is moving too quickly. So you'll have some players on the left and right, again, just playing their rehearsed roles in this theater of the absurd in many ways. But then you're going to have people who are trying to really figure out where you meet the country on this because it's of the most serious concern. And this is where, you know, I said this on on TV a few days ago when, when Nancy Pelosi first moved to this, but throughout this week, it just keeps striking me. The circus atmosphere now that has already begun doesn't match the seriousness of the moment, which is that the country's in a constitutional crisis. We are in a moment of the executive branch in need of being held accountable by the legislative branch, and that for Americans, no matter where they are on the political spectrum, to have faith in their government to function and to restore some of the lost faith in government This is a moment in time that is both an opportunity and a test. It's an opportunity to restore some of the faith in our institutions, in the ability to self-govern in that way, for checks and balances, for the system the founders designed to work. Clearly, the president was abusing the power of his office. It's in black and white. It's on the phone call. It's in what he has already said. And clearly... The Democrats have the burden to bring the country along as they move through this process. And if they rush through it and they don't do it methodically, there's the chance that they don't bring the country along. And if they do do it in such a way that is above reproach, even in these polarized times, will they be hit for doing so, and they bring the country with them, That may have the opportunity and may have the ability to actually restore some faith in the ability just for these institutions to function properly. That when the executive goes outside of the bounds, whether of law or constitutional responsibility, that there is a counterweight to that that can course correct and put the country back on a more even path. It seems to me that that's, that's the moment we're in right now. A lot of it gets lost in the everyday back and forth and the millions of dollars of ads that will get spent and the lies and the spin. But at core, that's, that's what this moment will test of the elected representatives and, of course, of the American people themselves. That does it for this edition of The Daily DC. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in again right here next week. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.